Life is often so busy, taking us here, there, seemingly everywhere. When you are unable to make it to church, we hope you are fed and nourished by listening to the preaching of God's Word wherever you are at the moment. In the meantime, take care and God bless. Good to see you all here this morning and a welcome to all of you joining us online. We're so glad to be together as the church as we finish our sermon series, The Other Side. We've been spending some time in Jesus' final words in the Gospel of John. You've heard from Pastor Lilliard the past couple weeks. But as I was preparing for this sermon, I stumbled upon a break in our news cycle. As I was listening to the radio, they were talking about the new movie by, uh, with Tom Cruise, the new remake of Top Gun. Has anyone seen it yet? And of course, in probably the most stereotypical national public radio description, they talked about how iconic the pop music was of the very first Top Gun. And they asked the question, will this soundtrack be as iconic as that one was? Pretty silly stuff. But I enjoyed the, di the diversion this week. And it got me thinking about, of course, Bon Jovi's classic song, Livin' on a Prayer, where we meet right off the bat, Tommy and Gina, who have fallen on incredibly hard times. I'm not going to belt for you the chorus because you're already hearing it in your head. I don't need to prove it to you that I know it. But right before you hear that uh, wailing of John Bon Jovi, Gina says, we've got each other and that's all right for now, for love. We've got each other and that's all right for love. It's this wonderful invitation into the gospel text today because the disciples in this moment in the gospel of John are actually living on nothing else but a prayer. In fact, this is the week before Jesus would go and be crucified. It's the week before the entire world would turn against this person that they had come to believe and to trust. And Jesus spends what are four chapters of the Gospel of John. This is like six pages of tiny Bible writing talking to the disciples, giving, him, giving them his last words, his last vision. And what does he end with of all things but a prayer? It's a very strange thing in the Gospel of John. We know that Jesus, in many of the other Gospels, teaches us to pray. In fact, every single Sunday morning, we say the prayer that Jesus teaches us to pray. The disciples go to Jesus in Matthew and in Mark and in Luke, and they ask him, how ought we pray? How should we pray? And Jesus says, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, you're not continuing the words. Now I'm afraid you don't know them. We'll test you later, I promise. But in John, in the Gospel of John, there is no instruction of how to pray. In fact, prayer is almost never happening in the entire Gospel of John, except at this moment, in what's called this farewell address, these last words of Jesus to his disciples. 
And the very last words of this long speech is a prayer. Jesus praying to the Jesus praying for the disciples. Jesus praying for the world and perhaps also friends. Jesus praying for you and for me, for our neighborhood, for our world. I don't know if you're anything like me, but there were moments this week when I didn't know how to pray, when I didn't know what to pray for. The gospel text brings us in today and says, Jesus is praying for you. Jesus is praying for me. Jesus is praying for the entire world. And I know the reading is strange. The Gospel of John is sometimes this really hard kind of language to crack into. It's poetic. It's obscure. It almost feels like Jesus is sitting up on a mountain and just saying these strange sayings and looking quizzically at the disciples, wondering, do you get it, Peter? Do you get it, John? And if you're like me, I'm probably guessing no way did they understand a word coming out of Jesus' mouth. But in this passage where Jesus is praying for these disciples, in a week that will challenge them to their cores, in a week where all that they had hoped and dreamed might be called and challenged and uprooted, Jesus prays for them and asks them to hear and understand how they are one with God. How all of the disciples, from all of the stories that they came into this world with, from all of the places that they've come from, all of the people that they know, that they are all somehow united, connected, in communion together, that they are all one. I don't know how Jesus does this in the prayer, and sometimes his words don't quite work for me. They don't quite snag me in my heart because they're so far away. They don't quite hook into me because I can't hear Jesus just speaking right into my eyeballs. They seem so long ago that I can't quite see how they're bringing me into this moment. But there's a poem that's helped me this week. It's a poem that was written by E.E. E. Cummings that Hannah and I had read at our wedding. It's a poem that speaks of the power of love to unite us, to bring us together, to see that we, in fact, are not as different as we might think that we are. It starts with this. I carry your heart with me. I carry it in my heart. And somehow, as I was preparing this week and reading this text over and over, trying to figure out my way into this word that Jesus is praying, it almost seems like that's what Jesus is speaking to us. That's what Jesus was praying for the disciples. I carry your heart with me. I carry it 
in my heart. E.E. Cummings goes on to say, this is the deepest secret that no one knows. This is the root of the root of the bud of the bud of the sky of the sky of a tree called life, which grows higher than hope can hold or mind can hide. And here is the wonder that's keeping the stars apart. I carry your heart with me. I carry it in my heart. Jesus is inviting us to see indeed, my friends, that we are all one. That we are all one with our families, that we are all one with our friends and our neighbors, that we are all one with school children in Texas and oil workers in Louisiana, that we are all one with grocery shoppers in Buffalo, that we are all one with school children here in town and across the country, that we are all one with politicians on Capitol Hill, that we are all one with immigrants hoping to be in this nation, that we are all one with our people whom we've lost, that we are all one with our sons and our daughters and our uncles and our aunts, that we are all one. but we forget, we lose our way. We get confused. I stumbled upon a story this week from an ancient mystic, a poet of the Christian tradition, St. John of the Cross, lived in the year 1530-ish to 1580-ish. And St. John of the Cross had been persecuted throughout his life, throughout his family's life. And yet St. John of the Cross had a young man, he told the story of a young man trying to teach us something, told the story of a young man who worried about his family, who worried about his community, who worried about his neighborhood, who couldn't figure out a way for him to help make this world a better place. St. John of the Cross, as he's telling the story, says that this young man goes into a beautiful chapel in his neighborhood. And he sits down in this chapel to pray, perhaps wondering, as I did this week, how can I pray for this? How can I pray as I ought? And St. John of the Cross tells the story that an angel appeared to this young man. And the angel said, go out into the forest. And so this young man walked and followed the angel out into the forest, and the angel said, dig here. And what is this young man to do if an angel shows up? You do as you're told. The young man, weary from the week, weary from the year, weary from his worries, starts to dig and dig and dig and dig. And as he digs deeper and deeper, each shovel full of dirt, he starts to feel lighter and lighter until he hits a treasure. And John doesn't tell us what the treasure is, but goes on to what the angel says to the young man. 
Dig here in your soul, in your soul. So perhaps, my friends, as Jesus is praying for us, as Jesus gives us the words that we cannot summon, we can trust that Jesus is doing the work in us. So perhaps step one is this, to dig here in your soul, in your soul, in your bones, and in your being, to dig here. I want to give us just a few moments to dig. But before I get there, when I listened to John Bon Jovi fresh this week, I knew the chorus well, you do too, but I stumbled upon this opening phrase. He said, once upon a time, not too long ago, and then launches into Tommy and Gina, once upon a time, not too long ago. Which of course brings me to the late Stephen Sondheim. And words for us to dig into today. Children will look to you for which way to turn, to learn what to be. Careful before you say, listen to me. Children will listen. Children will listen. We hope you found this week's message helpful as you think about how you will live out your faith each day. If you would like to support the ministries at St. Andrew Lutheran Church, you can do so by having your credit card information available and then texting a gift to 952-260-9007. Thank you and God bless.